coming up in the Orthopreneur Podcasts. This is actually the second time I've had to film and record this. The first time I filmed, I filmed this a while ago and I looked back and I must have, I was really unwell during the time of recording and I looked like death warmed up and I sounded exactly the way that you'd think that I would. And I'm jo- I was just about to upload this and I thought I can't put this out there. So, you know, take two. Welcome to the Orthopreneur Podcast. I'm your host, mystery author, Amelia D. Hay. On this podcast, I will bring you writing, book marketing, and self-publishing advice so that you can create your dream author business, build your author platform, and be creatively independent. You can find the episode show notes and lots more information on the podcast page at orthopreneurpodcast.com forward slash podcast. So how do you write a great scene? But not just a great scene, but a scene that keeps a reader engaged and turning the pages. No matter what genre you're writing, the answer is in the details. In order to write great scenes, you need to pay attention to the anatomy of a scene. So what do I mean by anatomy? I'm referring to the elements of a scene which include the goal, tension, conflicts and stakes of a scene. In this episode, I'm going to break down these individual elements and share tips on how you can incorporate this into your writing. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. You'll probably have noticed that this is part of a four-part mini-series on writing great scenes, but I'm still leaving this open-ended because I want to leave room for a topic that I might have overlooked so I can give the series as many episodes as it needs. Why? Because I want this episode to help you write better scenes, and in the spirit of that helpfulness, I've also included another writing exercise in this show as well. Coming up in this series, you can expect episodes on what is a scene, and that episode was episode TAP041, so that's actually already recorded and you can go back and listen to it. This episode is episode number is sort of the second episode in the series. The next one will be on cliffhangers and then the turning points of a scene, which is also called value shifts in another book called The Story Grid actually refer to this as value shifts, but the turning points is a reference from screenwriting, which is which is where I learned this and then I noticed that it was in the story grid as well and I'm pretty sure they actually mentioned that this is where they got the idea from. And then just in case you missed it, the first episode in the series answers the age-old age old question, what is a scene? And as you can expect, I'll link that episode in the show notes in your favourite podcasting app. If you're interested in reading the transcript or would like links to anything that I've mentioned in the show, check out the very long blog post or edited transcript at orthopreneurpodcast.com forward slash TAP045. And if you're new to this podcast, I want to say a huge thank you for stopping by and trying out my show. To those of you who've been faithfully listening, thank you for regularly listening in and supporting me. Your support means more to me than you know. Also, I want to say a huge thank you to Jim Ward for buying me a coffee after reading my blog post on how to get interviewed on podcasts. I'm really glad you found that helpful. So thank you for supporting my show. (music) 
in previous episodes, at this point, I would sort of dive into like a second introduction and then dive into the meat of the episode. But I'm just going to dive into the meat of the episode, which is obviously the anatomy of a scene, which is where I'm going to talk about the goal, the tension, the conflict and the stakes of a scene. So let's get started. The first one is the goal. In terms of a scene goal, there are two ways you can look at this. The first and most obvious relates to character motivation. What does the character want? The second way you can approach a scene goal relates to the purpose of the scene. And essentially, this is really a scene goal. The other one is just the goal, the character's goals. But I just wanted to really break that down and point out what was what was obvious to me because sometimes it what is obvious for me isn't always obvious for other people because you don't know what you don't know. But in this episode, I want to focus on purpose. Then in another show, I'll focus on character goal, but that will be coming later on in this season or the next one. I'm not 100% sure. So what is the purpose of a scene? Or in other words, why does the scene exist? However, not every scene needs to be about moving the plot forward. And I think this is what most people think of when they think of the purpose of a scene. It's moving the plot forward. And sometimes that's where our minds can get stuck in it as in as writers where we just focus on plot and moving that forward. Sometimes it can be important to show a character's reactions to events that have taken place and that can be the goal or purpose of a scene. Also, the purpose of a scene could purely be to set up an event or conflict that will take place further on in the story. However, every scene must have a purpose or something to achieve and not be present in your story purely because you enjoyed writing it or getting to know a character. It has to serve a story in some way and exist for a reason. And if it doesn't, you need to remove it from your story. Notice how I didn't say delete. Move it to a deleted scenes folder because you may end up using parts of it at a later stage or might need to refer back to it. You never really know. And I've had, and I've definitely done this. I've definitely written scenes and realized this was out of genre and I've taken it taken it out and I haven't deleted those scenes, but I've had to go back and reference them because I've really set the stage of a of what a setting looks like and then I've gone back to the setting. So I've used that to remind me this is what this place looks like. But in terms of goal, a, a scene having a purpose or a goal, I know we're told to sort of cut our darlings, but um, to cut the parts that of, of the book that we love that are just dead weight. But it's also worth pointing out that character reaction and showing character is important, but it needs to be important in the context of the plot and the overall story. It can't just be a fun scene, if that makes sense. Because even if you're writing something that's comedic, the comedy serves a purpose and that purpose is the story. The comedy serves the story. It doesn't exist on its own, but you get it. A scene needs to have a purpose. It needs to be there for a reason, whether it's plot or character building or setting something up that happens later. You get it. It needs to exist for a reason. Next up, we have tension. Before I dive into tips on creating tension in a scene, it's essential to highlight the difference between conflict and tension. Conflict is two opposing forces pitted against each other, whereas tension is the threat of something terrible happening. Often when writers talk about tension, they talk about emotion, fear, or physical danger experienced by the protagonist. But there's more to tension than what you read on the page. What is often overlooked is the tension 
the reader experiences while reading the story. Tension keeps the reader engaged and doesn't give them an excuse to look away from the story. So how do you create tension for the reader? One way to create tension for the reader is to build sympathy and empathy for the main character. Figure out what your character wants, make it specific to their life and keep them from this goal. This experience is common for a lot of us mere mortals. We all wanted something in life and struggled to get it. It's it's a common human experience and the struggle can unite us for a lack of better words. Tension also lies in the state of imbalance and uncertainty before answers and solutions arrive, which is why I like to pile on the obstacles, suspects, clues, and not provide answers to the questions that arise from these things until the last possible moment. Usually I reach a point in the story where in order to open a new thread, I need to close another. But by the beginning of the third act, the majority of these threads are wrapped up and two possibilities remain. But the same can be true of giving your readers more information than your protagonist or tease and drop hints about potential dangers and get the reader worrying about what might happen. The key is in potential for threat, not actually delivering the threat. Delivering the threat is conflict, hinting at the potential danger is tension. I think that's really important if you're a bit confused about the two, then sort of thinking tension is potential, sort of conflict is delivering on that potential. From a technical standpoint, shorter sentences and words can help create tension on the page. In dialogue, tension can be made when a character isn't being completely honest and leaving the reader to wonder whether the protagonist will catch them in a lie at another point in the story. Or dialogue can be overtly confrontational depending on the character and their personality. And because someone who's obviously, you need to keep dialogue in line with personality. Someone who's not scared of confrontation, usually someone like that has has grown up in a bigger family. Perhaps they've learned to speak up and speak their mind. So they're more likely to do this in other situations where someone who's more shy and reserved, they're less likely to speak their mind in order for them to get to that place. You really do have to push them to a place where they just sort of snap and then just say what they think. But you need to sort of keep the dialogue, especially confrontational dialogue, in line with the character's personality. And now for tension in the plot, which is what most of us think of when we think of tension. So the easiest way to adding tension to the events of the story is to share examples of what I'm referring to. So here are a few examples of how to create tension in your story. The first is a character eavesdropping on your main character's murder investigation or your main character eavesdropping on a conversation, then hearing footsteps approach and having nowhere to hide. Next is two characters want the same thing for different reasons, but only one of them can win. In order for this to sort of work as tension, each of the characters needs to realize or they need to believe the other person wants the same thing as them, or they they need to be unaware of each other's motivations. Because otherwise, if they're aware of it, it's called conflict. The main character's internal conflict is at odds with something they feel compelled to do. Next, we have a hint at a shared history between two characters, but leaving it unsaid. Toss a wrench into your character's well well laid plans. But obviously this um is this tension or conflict? Actually I think that one's conflict or hint. Actually maybe maybe I've 
think I've left off a word in in editing. So in regards to, say, if you want to toss a wrench into your character's well-laid plans, the tension comes from the reader knowing it's coming but the character not knowing. And in other instances where you add further complications between your character and their goal, you really do need to hint that the tension does come from knowing these things are coming because once they once it arrives, it really is. I do consider it conflict. Maybe it's, at some stage I could change my mind about that, for, but for me, I sort of do see that as conflict. Once you start putting things in the way of the character, That's I do consider that conflict. And the last is ending a scene with a cliffhanger or hinting at a possible danger lurking in the shadows but not actually it coming to pass. And I think this is the key with tension is that you, especially with tension and plot, is that you're hinting at tension, at obstacles that are coming, but not actually sort of following through with it on the the page that you're currently at. Whether you follow follow through with these sort of hints at tension later on, you probably should because otherwise it's just a cheap trick and the reader's going to notice, oh, this isn't really going to happen. You do have to follow through with these eventually. But the tension exists in the moment when it's not happening, but the reader thinks it's about to happen. If you've heard something in this episode that was helpful to you and you'd like to support the show, then buy me a coffee for as little as two US dollars at buymeacoffee.com forward slash author ADH. So next up, we have conflict. Every form of conflict within a story can be boiled down to five categories. Without conflict, the story would simply be about everything going right for a character, and that's a boring read. Before we discuss these five types of conflict very briefly, it's important to point out that conflict is something that prevents a character from achieving their goal. It should be present throughout the story, but at a minimum, it's present in the try-fail cycles plot point in 3x structure. In the past, I've boiled conflict down to man versus man and that type of thing, but I've sort of looked at Recently, I've looked at conflicts, when I say recently, in the, in the last sort of few years, I've started looking at conflicts in a very different light. So the first type of conflict is direct opposition, which is, which is also referred to as man versus man. This is usually a character's actions, the weather or an event getting in the way physically from the character achieving their goal, which is why direct opposition is a better term. For instance, in a mystery, the character might need to call the police after discovering a crime, but maybe they're snowed in or the roads are flooded. Another character has cut the phone lines and there's no internet or mobile phone deception for whatever reason. Sure, it's layered conflicts, but all of these things are directly opposing the character. But it also could be as simple as another character telling a lie. And as a result, the protagonist is on a wild goose chase down a rabbit hole. Thus, the character's goal is becomes further and further out of reach until they discover the lie and then having to go back and backtrack. So the next type of conflict is inner opposition. This type of conf- conflict focuses on that internal struggle we all have and is sometimes referred to, referred to as man versus self. In its simplest form, in a mystery, a character might change their mind about the whodunit and take the vest- investigation in a new direction. Actually, this is something that always happens in a mystery is that some point the character goes into it thinking, oh, I think this is probably what's happened. And at some point they have to let that go and then just chase the facts wherever it may take them. It can also be an internal struggle where they have been forced to work with someone they don't like, but they have to be polite and just suck it up 
and the conflict sort of comes from them sort of trying to push away their own feelings and just work towards the goal, whatever it may be. Maybe their own personal struggles are getting in the way of achieving their goal, like post-traumatic stress or other things of this nature. Maybe they've just broken up with somebody and their life has gone up in flames and instead of you know throwing themselves a pity party, they have to do this other thing. Or maybe they need to face their fear or inner, inner demons that are holding them back. That could be something as simple as, simple as a fear of heights. They have to do this thing up high to get to this next stage to find a clue or... Sorry, I keep I keep relating this back to the mystery, thriller and suspense genres and I, I kind of wish that I didn't always do this but it's the easiest thing for me to do in the moment. I have to really think about what this, how you would do that in another genre. So next up we have circumstantial difficulties. Now circumstantial difficulties as conflict is a simple but effective form of conflict within a story. Perhaps I need to fly to a destination last minute but there are no flights available or they are on the run with nothing but the clothes on their back and they need a phone but have no money to buy one. So this one is really about a physical lack getting in the way of their character achieving their goal. The fourth type of conflict is usually what most people consider when the word conflict comes to mind and this is active conflict. It's that physical fight between the villain and the hero or a verbal confrontation between the protagonist and another character with an opposing goal. Usually you see this conflict in the hero at the mercy of the villain plot point. The tension in the story builds to this moment where the two characters face off. You can also use this at other points in the story, especially if you're writing fantasy, science fiction or action thriller or any other genre. It doesn't necessarily need to be a it does need to be at the hero at the mercy of the villain pop point, but you can also use it in smaller moments within scenes where you have characters that are forced to work together, not necessarily like the romantic trope, the romance trope of forced proximity, but you can use forced proximity in other genres to create this sort of tension where the characters end up sort of go, again, going into direct conflict and or active conflict and just fighting, verbally fighting because they disagree on something. The last type of conflict is something that I didn't consider conflict as a new writer, but it's nonetheless effective. Passive conflict occurs when a character is kept in the dark or ignored by other characters. In duplicity, this is this was a type of conflict that was brewing in the background and came out of nowhere for James. But the reader slowly became aware of this as the story progressed. The clues were all present for the reader to discover. Over the years, my understanding of conflict has evolved as I've written more books, and that's normal. In episodes TAP009 and TAP010, I discussed the five types of conflict and how to add more conflict in a story. So if you want a deeper dive into and a different perspective on conflict, then check out these episodes. In those episodes, I really have sort of boiled down conflict to man versus man and all of that. But I just wanted this to be like a really short recap of what conflict is, just as a reminder, because it would be weird if I didn't talk about it in this episode. Much like conflict, I used to look at scene stakes in a certain way, but this soon changed as I grew as a writer. I used to solely look at stakes in respect to what the character has to win or lose in a scene. But stakes don't always have to be about life or death being on the line. Scene stakes 
uh, related to the character's goal and compel a character to act. This is essential to move a story forward. So what are the three types of stakes in the scene? The first is external. The first type of stakes focuses on the larger story world. In a locked room mystery, the amateur sleuth might focus on a false suspect due to the evidence they discover at the time, leaving the actual murder suspect free to roam around the world unhindered. This leaves the possibilities wide open for the killer to strike again if needed. While the story world is simple, is small, the stakes are high but are also unrealized. As you'd expect, Internal stakes focuses on emotion, thoughts, and perceptions. In a murder mystery, the sleuth might receive a threat after another character is murdered. This creates a sense of fear and compels the protagonist to solve a crime before they are next in spite of whether they are actually in any real danger. It's about the perception of danger. The final type of scene stakes is personal. This focuses on why an action needs to be performed or why a goal needs to be achieved. On the flip side, it can also relate to what they are personally putting at risk in the scene. For instance, if a character turns up to a reunion dinner with friends and during the night one of them is murdered, on a personal level, the character is putting friendships at risk by pointing the finger or questioning them. If the protagonist pushes it too far, they may lose friendships out of this and that's extremely personal, but they are also compelled to do so despite this risk because they want justice for their friends and their family. In terms of raising the stakes as the story progresses, layering the stakes in a scene is a good way to achieve this. You really need to start the stakes off in a story quite small and then build it up as it goes along. And layering and layering the stakes on top of each other is a great way, especially in one particular scene. So now it's time for the writing exercise that I promised you. Before you write the next scene in your current work in progress, outline the scene goal, the moments of tension for the reader, the conflicts and the stakes and any other sort of points of tension that you consider as well, not just for the reader. And if you're yet to write your first book or are on a break between novels, then consider your favourite scene in a novel you've recently read or just a favourite book in general. Because I think with favourite stories, you tend to remember more about the scenes in those in, in general. Write out a scene goal, moments of tension both for the the protagonist and the reader, the conflict and the stakes, and then consider how you can achieve a similar result in your next book. I hope this episode gives you a basic understanding of the elements of a scene and how to write them. As always, I have a few important questions for you. Did you do the writing exercise? Would you like me to continue setting writing exercises like this? Or perhaps you have an example of goal, tension, conflicts and stakes within scenes in your particular genre. Share your thoughts in the comments section under the blog post or under the video or over in the Facebook group. There's a link to the to the Facebook group in the show notes and over on the blog post as well. In the next episode, I will delve deeper into scene cliffhangers. Thanks for listening and happy reading and writing everybody. Thank you for listening to the Authorpreneur podcast. If you love this episode, then hit the subscribe button and leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. I'm your host, Amelia D. Hay, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.